You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Fade Gray listeners, this is Seth, and congratulations, I'm putting out another mental episode. I have been meaning to do this for a while, but ever since Scott stopped doing mental with me, I've had some hesitancy in putting out these episodes, but I found someone to do one with, and I am thrilled. So today I'm coming with you guys on a journey. We're going to talk about the holidays because as we know, it is fast approaching. And if you're anything like me, it's one of the most stressful times of the year. And as a mental health professional on a podcast, I feel it is my duty to at least talk a little bit about what are some things we can do to, to handle these, to handle the holidays in a way that is not overwhelming or too stressful. So I'm bringing on another mental health professional. Her name is Liz Rice. She is a licensed counselor. Is that correct? Correct. And I believe, I believe she just added another master's. Correct. <laughs> what kind of master's? I just added an MBA to my letters behind my name. Mm-hmm. And how does that feel? Pretty fucking awesome, actually. How long did that take? Three of the longest and shortest years of my life. Longest and shortest. Yes. Break that down for us. The classes initially started off as nine weeks long, and then they switched to eight weeks after the first year. And so it was 16 weeks worth of work in eight weeks for three years in a row. I had to take 16 classes. Okay. I've been there, so like I, you know, I want to be shocked, but but I'm not shocked. Surely, you know, you couldn't have done that while like working full time at a job that probably requires more than 40 hours a week, right? Yes, I did that while working full time. I did classes part time, one at a time. That's why it took three years. Right. Because I did the same thing. So let me tell you guys a little bit more about Liz. Not only does she carry two master's degrees, (coughs) Omar, (coughs) two master's degrees. I'm not the only one. Thank you very much. So is our other friend, another Liz that I know. So it's not just me that has two master's degrees. I just want to throw that out there because that is a common joke that is thrown around at Fade to Gray. But I just want to share that in my circle, it is a common, it's a common thing, not something that is out of the ordinary. But let me tell you about Liz. Liz at my job has a special title. And it also happens to be what Manelli is. But what, what is your title? I'm a cat. I don't I help help our audience understand what a cat is <laughs> in an insurance company. I'm essentially a paid know-it-all. So I get to help train all the people that come in. Um if there's an issue, I get to research it. Um I get to help everybody figure out what to do. 
I get to assist the managers when they are out, um, the director when she needs a project done. Um, pretty much they tell me to do it, I do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I have to learn how to do it and then do it. I am a paid know-it-all. So as a paid know-it-all for an insurance company that essentially assists managers at their beck and call and really essentially does the job of many people while educating many, coming into this company about a year ago, Liz Rice was one of the most influential people um, in my development in becoming a care manager. In fact, I could not do my job today if it weren't for Liz. For example, even today, I've already been in the job a year. Guess who was all up in her DMs asking about like out-of-network situations, single case agreements, not knowing what to do, handling complaints. I could not do my job if it weren't for Liz. And if you know anything about me, I'm going to find out who is the know-it-all and I'm going to become their friend. So that is a story on how Liz and I know each other. But let's talk about the holidays because I know that this is a stressful time for a lot of people. Do you find the holidays stressful at all? I find the holidays to be one of the worst times of the year for me personally. And it sucks, to be quite frank. I hate it. My grandpa died five years ago today um, after my uncle died in a as a result of a house fire. And my aunt was also involved in it and spent two months in a coma. And then prior to that, my mom committed suicide all in the last five years. So the holidays suck balls. And not in a good way. Key words there, not in a good way. Hear that, ladies and gentlemen. It sucks balls and not in a good way. That is a lot of traumatic events all really close together. That was just five years ago. That's not even counting the trauma of childhood and being with divorced parents that fought. It totally makes sense why you are a counselor. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess, yes. I am a fixer. I'm a counselor that never wanted to counsel. A counselor that never wanted to counsel. That's not me. No, not. <laughs> that is that's that's not me. Counselor that wanted to counsel me, not so much. <laughs> I just really like to tell other people what to do. I... <laughs> I like how we talked about like a lot of serious things just now, including suicide, including divorce, including death including illness and we are laughing this is what it's like all right we're talking about coping strategies we're talking about things that can actually help and right now just hearing this conversation i think it serves as a good example that having friendships having people that you can trust and who you can talk to during this time is really really helpful i would like to know given i mean truly the amount of trauma that you've been through. I mean, literally we could break down almost everything, every single thing you just said, and that could be a a traumatic event um, in someone's life. How are you, how are you doing it? How are you standing up today? 
how are we able right now to sit on this couch, drink a glass of wine after working all day, helping people? How are you able to do this? Because I know a lot of people who couldn't. I guess the big thing is several years ago, I would not have been able to sit here and do this. I had to go through my own therapy and really put the work in to be able to sit here doing this because we go into counseling for a reason and it's never a good one. But I've since put in the work and I'm in a place where I am better off so I can help other people. This is one of my lines that I say to clients frequently and I picked this up over at my previous job at the crisis line but I quickly learned in my career that I could not be a support to other people I could not help other people unless I first took care of myself still working on that it's always a work in progress you know it's not the destination it's the journey So as I was talking um, about having those close relationships are so helpful, what has been the most beneficial coping strategy, um, not only in everything you've been through, but specifically around this time of year? What do you do day to day to make this work? I take time for myself. So at the end of the day, I'm going to go home and I'm going to decompress for a little bit before I can do anything else. Like it took me a long time to be able to do that because, you know, silence is the devil. But, you know, I got used to being alone and sitting in silence and just processing my day before I could go on. And again, that took a long time to get there because, well, Besides what I said earlier, prior to that, my my stepmom, who I was very close with, died. And that's actually what prompted me after like seven years to actually get into therapy and do the work because I was a mess. Like I wasn't, I was existing. And that's, you got to do the work. So now I'm able to. And because I can process my day, I can cope with the holidays better you know I can reach out when I need help I can say no to toxic people now and if I don't want to be around them I'm not gonna and in my very blunt way I essentially tell them to f off yeah I think that there's more for you to say but I'm going to interject for a second (laughs) because you just said some very strong words The word toxic, as faded gray listeners know, um, we've talked about toxic masculinity um, before. We've talked about toxicity um, in previous series and in the relationship series. Um, But I want to talk about this specifically around family because family (laughs) can be very toxic. And I think a lot of that can be ramped up and um, kind of like taken through a like enlarged during the during the holiday season to where you know like during the year it's there but you can kind of push it to the side but it really is like put in your face um, during Christmas and and tell us like what do you mean cut out toxic people surely you don't mean 
not going and seeing grandpa and grandma. I haven't talked to my grandmother in a year and a half because of the toxicity she was providing in my life. So yes, I will cut you out. That's not the con- that's not the popular opinion, but I'm not willing to put my mental health on the line for one day a year. You mean you're going to cut a bitch? Kind of. All right. <laughs> I'm I want to unpack this. I want to break this down because huh? Break it down. I want to break it down. <laughs> because I'm going to guess that there is a story behind that. To get to the point where we cut people out, I mean, stuff has to happen. So when you say toxic, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you made a wrong decision or anything, but I want to understand why you made that decision. When you say toxic, what do you mean? In my case, there's a lot of toxicity in the family. My mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. She chose a child molesting ex-con over her children. That is toxic. I had no time for it. She committed suicide, and prior to that, I hadn't talked to her for three years because of this, what she was doing. So I cut it out. Like, I don't like it when people say, but that's your mom. I don't care. She didn't care that I was her daughter. So I don't care that she's my mother. I miss when she was a mom. I do not miss the woman that died. And I will not put up with that in my life. If you can't, ha- if you can't be a positive in my life, I'm cutting you out. My mental health is not worth one day a year of you feeling good. That is powerful. That's powerful stuff right there. So for me, I have a very large family that's very involved, and I'm very blessed. I have 21 first cousins. I understand large family. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> I don't know how many cousins I have. You might have more, but I ha- I think it's, I have a lot. Yeah. I could never cut anyone out, and I wouldn't say that my family is toxic. I think that there are toxic elements, and there are things that could be looked at and viewed as toxic, but by and large, as a whole, I don't view it that way. But for you, I can totally understand how you've come to this conclusion. But I want to know, what have you replaced family with? If you, like, if you cut people out, there's a grieving process with that too. Because you're letting this person go for, for valid reasons, but in the end, you are losing someone. I mean, there definitely has to be some grief to that. So unpack that a little bit for us. I think with, I'm not going to say normal families because that's not a thing. I would say with typical families, they can talk through situations that have become toxic. Um, Or they may not even be toxic. They might just be bad or, you know, something the family doesn't want to talk about. They can talk through it. I was at the point where there was no more talking. It was you do this or I do this. And that was not working for me. Yes, it's a grieving process when you cut someone out. And just because they're blood, I realize that makes them family, but that doesn't make them worth my time. I am going to choose people that want the best for me and that want to 
be a positive in my life that when I'm having a bad day, they can lift me up just as I can when they're having a bad day. I don't need somebody to bring me down further. And certain family members, that's what they do. Do you have friends that have replaced the quality family? I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is, you know, what have you put in replacement um, of these relationships? I haven't replaced any of them. I've just added people to my life because I'm not going to replace my mom. I might have mommy issues, but I'm not going to replace her. I have an amazing dad. My aunts and uncles are awesome. The ones that I talk to, the cousins that I talk to are awesome. It's the people I've cut out. I'm not replacing that because to replace it for me means putting someone of the exact same stature in there and that's not what I want so I now I'm just more choosier about my friends and I choose my friends to be my family I think that is huge and I messed up with some word language there I did not mean replace in that sense um but I, I definitely really think you messed up though because I don't really think you messed up by saying replace because quite frequently the typical person does want to replace what they've lost. I'm, I don't. I just want something better. So I don't think that was a bad word, word choice. I think it comes down to a little bit of semantics as well um, because when I say replacement, I don't necessarily mean replacing the, the role, right? Um, but replacing some of the... Um, benefits of a relationship right so like no one could ever replace the role of your mom but they definitely could help with providing support that you wouldn't that you're not getting from her but that you need from her so it's all about how you view that word um but let's talk about more coping strategies because really i mean I'll talk about my own life a little bit as well. Um, I shared I have a large family. Um, we're a very uh, Judeo-Christian family. Um, religion is very, very important to us, um, specifically to my aunts and uncles. Um, and so Christmas is typically a time that is surrounded by the Christmas story and um, talking about Jesus and how blessed we are and thank God. God for, you know, the opportunities that he's given us, really showing those um, points of gratitude, which I think are great, um, but there's a lot of enmeshment. And as someone who is gay, <laughs> I've had a little bit of my own journey with that. And so family <clears throat> can be very triggering for me. And I think when I, uh, when I think of the top things around the Christmas season, trigger is one of them. Because I get triggered a lot during this season. Many people do. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Do you ever find yourself getting triggered around this time of year? And if so, what are those triggers? Yes, I get triggered not only around this time of year, but quite frequently. Um, I don't really want to get into my triggers just because I don't want to. Um, but cool. to deal with them... It really depends on what it is, but quite frequently I have to stop and do the deep breathing thing because I, I have a tendency to like trip my trigger and get real angry real fast. So I have to literally stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. And I want to break this down a little bit too in regards to what is a trigger. 
we often talk about triggers um, as if everyone knows, um, but maybe you don't, especially if you're not in the mental health field. When we talk triggers, what are we talking about? A trigger can be either positive or negative, but it's something that makes you feel. So it, if in a positive way, you know, you meet somebody and that triggers your love, right? Or it could trigger lust. It could trigger anger for some. In the negative way, triggers can, within the mental health community, I feel that they can trigger uh, sadness, depression, anxiety, and sometimes you can't even identify what it is that started it. And that's what's hard for a lot of people because they're, that's why there's seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what's making it feel that way. They just know they're feeling that way. So being able to identify your f- triggers is very important. That way you know how to handle them. And everybody's going to handle it differently because what works for me isn't going to work for you necessarily. Right. One of the things I often can be caught saying um, is that when we talk about coping strategies around triggers, the type of coping strategy is not what is important. What's important is what the coping strategy does. God, I've heard you say that on calls. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I say that a lot. Essentially, if I'm talking to someone who's experiencing suicidal ideation and I have to go through a safety plan, that is my segue into coping strategies. So you're going to hear it on every call that I do with the safety plan. Um, But I will share a little bit about myself in this regard. I get triggered specifically around feelings of not being accepted or that there's something wrong with me. And when I go home... (laughs) around the Christmas season, those are two of the things um, I frequently feel just the very nature of being gay in a strongly Christian family. So um, for me, when I look at the coping strategies, the thing that's most beneficial for me is actually stepping away from the situation. Um, I will often stay planted and get angrier and angrier and angrier and then I get emotional and then before you know it I'm either crying or yelling and generally my reaction is a major overreaction that has nothing to do with what we're actually discussing this often happens around politics which is gonna be a big stressor for a lot of people this year Um, as of this recording Um, Donald J. Trump was impeached in the House for Article 1, Abuse of Power, and Article 2, Obstruction of Congress. So, likely nothing is going to happen of this. It's not going to result in anything. Senate's going to turn it down. He's going to be boosted into a 2020 election and likely will win. But, due to the fact that he was impeached as of today, right before Christmas... A lot of people are going to be going into households with people from different sides of the political um, arena. You're going to have Democrats and and Republicans sitting next to each other who are part of the same family and love each other, 
but view things very, very differently. And that's going to be hard. So I think stepping away from the situation can be beneficial. Take some time. Step back. Um, pretend, pretend to go to the bathroom. Um, leave. Go for a drive. Do something to reorient yourself um, so that you don't put your foot in your mouth and say something that you regret. And honestly, you're probably going to if you're anything like me. And after you do that, um, take some time, regroup, remind yourself this is not the end of the world and you're not going to be there forever. But what else do you think could be helpful for people going into a divided political home? I don't get involved with politics. Like, I have my own thoughts and beliefs. But if I don't have the research, if I haven't done research to back up what I'm going to say, I'm not going to get involved in that conversation. Or if I just don't like the person, I'm not going to get involved in that conversation. So a lot of the times when it turns to that, I go into the other room, I play with my nieces and nephews, or I'll play on my phone, I'll text the bestie and be like, oh my God, get me out of here, what do I need to do, blah, blah. But um, identifying ways that you can handle it before it happens makes it easier in the moment when it happens. So there are several different conversations that can happen that will trigger me at a holiday and I already know I can text my bestie or I can text my roomie, which means former roomie. She's like a sister. I know I can text them and I can vent and say anything I want to say and there will be no judgment because it's venting. Not everybody has that, but if you do, utilize it. Mm-hmm. Um, if music is your thing, bring your earbuds podcast your thing i don't know whatever's your thing bring something with you that you can step away or just go into your own mind even if you're in the middle of a big family event and i'm going to recommend something that i often struggle to do myself but the christmas season is not a time to win your political opinion or argument or standpoint, you are not going to change your family's minds. I know this is going to be hard. Democrats, keep your seats, buckle up. It's going to be hard. I understand, but you are not going to convince grandpa that Donald Trump shouldn't be elected next year. So just try to keep that at bay. Um, and keep yourself in check in that regard. And that's something I really would encourage um, is, you know, watching what you say and thinking about what you say and how that's going to be perceived, not to a point that you're obsessing, but to a point to where you can stop yourself and not put your foot in your mouth like I do every single holiday season. It is okay to say we're going to have to agree to disagree. Absolutely, it's okay to say that. This is not to win. This is not to win the argument. This is to survive. All right, and that's what I want to stress. How can we survive the holidays? I think we're really hitting some some key things here um, that are helpful. I really liked how you mentioned reaching out to your frumi. Um, I think having that connection, someone that you can reach out to outside of the family that is not at that event, is crucial. I also would just like to note that Liz is an incredible confidant, 
when she says that like people reach out to her to vent and she allows them to do it, she's done that for me. And I, I just want to emphasize how critical that can be as you deal with family issues over the holidays. So staying connected with people you can trust and keeping distance, taking that time out for yourself so that you can distract yourself. Any other things you think would be really helpful for people to know? A little outside the norm, but one of the things I realized when I was trying to figure out my own coping skills is I tend to self-soothe. Self-soothe. There goes my lisp. Um, And I'm a very tactile person, so like a worry stone or something I can keep that I can rub in my fingers. So um, a bit of sweater is one thing, or I actually do have a worry stone that it keeps my fingers busy, it keeps my mind focused and off of what is upsetting me. It's a redirecting. It's, I'm redirecting myself. So figure out what, how to self-soothe. Are there any apps on phones that oh, yeah. help with this kind of thing? Um, I'm trying to think when you're talking self-soothing, I'm thinking like meditation. I'm thinking um, like the Calm app. Um, I'm not a big stone person. Fair. I just, I'm not, I mean, I've had, I've, I've had them. I mean, I've, you know, kept one in my pocket and tried to use it. Um, but I'm very millennial and I'm all about the technology. And I know a lot of our listeners are as well. Um, what apps do you think could be helpful? Well, being, since you're a millennial and, you know, my nieces and nephews, they actually use the popper thing on the back of their phones for their self, for their soothing thing. That's one item, but some of the apps, um, I use one called insight timer. There, there are several like different meditations, um, on there. I recommend it. It's free. Go for it. Um, you can even just go into your app store and say mood and anything that comes up with mood, play around with the free apps. Don't buy it off the bat. Just play around with them, see what works for you because there are, are several, like there's one that I cannot stand. I'm not going to say it cause I don't want to ruin it, but that most people love, I can't stand it. So just play around, like don't get stuck just because I just said, Oh, Hey, I use insight timer. That works for me. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. See what's available. So if you're, if your thing is anxiety, look for your anxiety apps see which ones have what it is you need just because one doesn't work don't be like well none of them are ever going to work don't do the all or nothings thinking oh i think you just triggered me you just mentioned all or you just mentioned all or nothing thinking and that's like (laughs) oh guilty conscience over here There is an app I recently tried. It honestly, I'm not going to suggest this app is going to make a huge difference in your life, but I found it entertaining for mental health, and it's called Wobot, W-O-E-B-O-T, and it is a robot therapist that focuses on CBT skills. That's fantastic. Oh, it's so much fun. Sometimes I just message Wobot when I'm bored, and it's very entertaining and will actually take me through exercises to identify negative thought patterns and replace them with the truth. And using positive self-affirmations with um, suggestions, I have found it pretty helpful. But you do have to be willing to really engage the software. 
Um, you know, and especially if you're depressed, you're probably not going to want to do that. But um, I do think it's worth trying out. Another thing that I found that really helped me is outside of the holiday season. I talked individually with like my sisters, my brother, and even my dad. Like, this is what upsets me. When you do this, I feel this type thing. And it took me a long time to be able to tell them that because, you know, being a fixer and a people pleaser, of course, I didn't want to upset them. But outside of the holiday season, I was able to talk with them and have open and frank discussions. And that helped them see when I was getting upset or they could even like, you know, my sister would say, hey, come outside with me while I have a cigarette. So she was removing me from the situation when I couldn't do it myself. Mm. Enlisting your family and understanding your own mental health. Did they respect it? So, yeah. So I want to talk about that because... I'm just envisioning this depending on the family, depending on the environment, um, having this discussion could go south um, and create more issues. Um, Developing boundaries and enforcing boundaries is a very difficult thing to do, specifically around family. So can you break that down a little bit in regards to how you brought up that topic and how did your family receive it? Initially, I brought it up with one of my sisters that was more accepting and I was a little bit closer to than the other. And I just said, I need you to listen to me with no judgments. And then from there, I was able to word vomit everything out. And then together, we were able to kind of break it down to the when this happens, I feel this. I owned what I was feeling, but also put a little bit back on things she didn't even know she was doing. And then from there, she was able to help me figure out how to speak with other family members because everybody's different. I am very blunt. And most people... No. Never. (laughs) And most people do not respond well to that. And I... I hate to say I don't care, but it's the truth. (laughs) Like, I want you to hear what I'm saying. And so my my they've helped me to become a little bit more politically correct. And I think that went a very far long, whatever you want to call it, way um, to being able to talk with my family openly so that they could see I'm not trying to be a total bitch to them. I'm really just trying to keep myself sane. I think it's huge how like you didn't have a sit down conversation with the entire family, but you spoke to one person in the family who you felt you could trust and you enlisted someone in your situation and what you're experiencing and then got the additional support through that. And I think that's huge. In fact, that's a suggestion. I'm not necessarily suggesting you had this conversation with this specific person over the holiday season. Never over the holiday season. I don't think that having this discussion right now is the best idea. But what I would encourage is I do think enlisting at least someone over the holidays who you do trust, who you can be like, hey, can we step out for a cigarette? 
And I understand FTG is all about health right now. But listen, if like, you know, let's go out for a walk. Do, you know, it doesn't have to be a cigarette. Have just something where you can tag someone that you trust to get out of the situation briefly. And I think it's huge. Smoke. I don't smoke. My, my, many people in my family do. So they're saying, hey, come out and spend time with me. So you, like, if you're all healthy and stuff, just leave with them to go for the walk or watch them while they smoke. If you're in our Faded Gray Patreon, you have seen me smoke many times. You're practically with me, so it's not a big deal, all right? Um, stepping outside of the situation and giving yourself a moment to breathe is far better than remaining in the situation and starting something or becoming emotionally dysregulated yourself, which I am most of the time during this season. So, if someone you know has a difficult time around the holiday season and they're getting ready to go into a situation with family where they know that a lot of things are going to trigger them. I know we've talked about a lot of coping strategies that can be helpful, but you know, what is, if, if you could give this person like one suggestion um, as they go into the season, what would that be? Know your own limits. And if you don't know your limits, have someone you trust that does know. I cannot tell you the number of times I have gone and picked somebody up from a family event because they needed it and didn't realize it until I showed up and they're like, oh my God, take me away. Wow. That actually, I kind of want to just pause that because that is um, pretty significant. Um, that, and, and a great point that we may not know our limits. You know, being able to have someone that can call those shots, being able to have someone who can identify um, parts of yourself that you struggle with, I think are huge. And um, I really hope that today's conversation was beneficial. I hope that you were able to take away some things that have been helpful. Luckily, this holiday season, we have the fade to gray Marco Polo. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to be on it this season. So I might be a hot mess. And if you want to see that hot mess for as little as $5 a month, you can support fade to gray um, and join our Marco Polo community. I'm telling you what, it is always hopping over there. And I am going to be in there a lot this season as a uh, comic relief and trying to just bring the cheer, you know, using good distractions. I think distractions are huge. Um, so with that, here's a wrap. Have a Merry Christmas. He's not just gay.